This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why, pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why, the podcast. Welcome to the This Is Why podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane. And I'm author and editor, Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we give best friend advice on topics including pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, news headlines, and whatever else is on your mind. This week's episode is called How to Say No to Commitments. We'll be answering your listener questions, including one listener who is unsure if it's safe to return to her gym. Uh... No, that's disgusting. Uh, (laughs) And another who is worried that a new living situation will destroy her social life. Then we're talking about what's in the news, including Harry Styles being a, quote, consent king, how Americans really feel about wearing masks, and experts give advice on distance hangouts. But first, Angela, how have you been this week? I've been okay. Um, Obviously... Uh, the only person that I have really spent a significant amount of time with for the last three months has been Ian. So for the most part, we're doing well. We're grading on each other a little bit. It's fine. Just little things. Um, get on each other's nerves. Uh, he has gotten very into the show Frasier, weirdly. Interesting. Yes, because they read reruns on the Hallmark Channel at like two o'clock in the morning. I feel like most people listening are like, who and what is Frasier? They've never heard of it. Frasier came on after Friends in the 90s. After Friends? After? I believe he came on. I think it was on after. God, I just think of it as like, oh, that was something my my parents watched. But like Friends was kind of not. I mean, I guess I was so young when Friends was even on. It was like that hot Thursday night block. Wow. Yeah, but anyway, the first so we're episode watching was, reruns. First episode was 1993, it looks like. Oh, wow. It, it aired from 1993 to 2004. When did Friends want, run from? Let's find out. We're going to give you some television history. Yeah. Oh, same, same time. It ran from, that Friends ran from 1994 to 2004. So yeah, it was, uh, you're right, the, the block. Yes, yes. Same Great period. block. And apparently I just, I left the TV on a little longer than you did. I kept watching Frasier. But uh, so we like... We'll, like, have, like, these funny ha-ha-ha conversations, like, who would be better friends with Frasier and Niles? And then we, like, because we're, like, going crazy and we're trapped in a one-bedroom apartment, then it turns into an actual real fight. Then it's like, what did you what did you mean by that? Like, what do you mean that they wouldn't be friends with me? No, but really, like, they would – I'm cultured. Like, they would like me better than you. And it, like, it snowballs into a fight. Wow. These are special arguments. Very special. So a lot of stuff like that. So – but – I found a skill the other day that I have, which is when I get angry after a fight, um, I have like all this energy. And now that I can't go out and do things, I had like this shoe rack that had been lying around for months and I just like angrily put it together in two seconds. So I just like angrily put furniture together. Uh, so I'm like, I, I call myself Ikea Hulk now. Oh, I love this as a nickname for you. Yeah. So if you have anything you need put together, just piss me off and I will take my frustrated energy and put it in. And build you a dresser. Exactly. Ikea Hulk. This is um Ikea Hulk. This is gonna catch on. I hope so. I, I I'll see if the URL is available. Um how how's your week been? Well, it's amazing that I'm sound normal right now because 
not too long ago, I had an emergency root canal in the midst of a global pandemic, Angela. This morning, I had- terrible timing. I had, uh, actually, it was like a redoing of my root canal. So apparently, root canals are great 95% of the time. I just happen to have really bad medical luck. Uh, When I have an appendicitis, the ER doctors misread a scan and tell me I'm totally fine and I'm an insane person and that I need to go home when really my insides have exploded and I'm and an infection is slowly killing me and I almost die. Then I get a root canal and 5% of the time, apparently they don't, they, they can get reinfected. Mine got reinfected. And I, all of a sudden, a few weeks ago, I was in, felt shooting pain throughout my whole side of my mouth. I went to the dentist, was like, basically wore a hazmat suit there. They put me Terrible time for someone to be sticking their fingers in your mouth. Truly was the last thing I wanted. They put me on antibiotics. Needless to say, today was the day I had a root canal. And all of a sudden, like two days ago, I'm like, how am I going to get there? How am I going to get to my root canal? It's not anywhere near my house. I cannot walk there. I was like, I could bike, but that's way too far. I don't want to take the subway. I don't want to take an Uber. I don't want to get coronavirus. I, I basically don't want to commute. And I'm terrified of getting coronavirus in any way. Yeah. In New York, we don't have cars, guys. So if we can't take the subway and we can't walk there, we're kind of screwed. Totally screwed. So I... I've gone on these two social distancing bike rides with a friend and she was like, I will drive you. And I was like, okay, I know she's been quarantining. And so, so I was like, all right, that's the safest way. She drove me and, and, uh, it was, I felt very uncomfortable accepting this as a favor because my appointment was very early in the morning. And in New York city, you don't really need you never ask friends for these type of favors. Maybe when I lived in California, I'd ask a friend, like, can you drive me to the airport so I don't have to leave my car at the airport? This is, like, obviously before Uber and Lyft. Uh, but, like, I haven't had a friend wake up early to, like, have to drive me to a doctor's appointment. That's just, like, not within my comfort zone of asking for favors. I really don't like to ask for favors. I'm a very independent person. And she was so, so sweet about it and was so nice and, like, waited for me and picked me up. That is incredibly and kind. Drove me home and like didn't make me feel bad at all. It was just so sweet to me. And and uh it felt it felt nice accepting a favor that I that is like outside of my comfort zone of favors I would normally ask, especially since this is like somewhat a new friend that I've had for like about a, like a year, year and a half. So uh anyways, so that I'm I made a little, I got a root canal this morning. That's part of the news. The second news is stressful figuring out how to get anywhere in New York right now. The third takeaway is that it, it uh, felt really nice having a nice person do a nice thing for me. You should like bake her something now. Yeah, I Drop should. it off. She's like very into like fitness stuff. And I had bought this fancy uh. water bottle that was like for a gift. Sometimes I buy things that I like for myself. I'm like, I'm going to buy two of them because one day I'll, when I have a friend's birthday, I'll give them this as a gift. And then I just had it. So I was like, I was like, here's this fancy water bottle for you for doing <laughs> this for me. And she, I was like, I, I was like, I know this is weird. It's like unused. I bought it as a gift and just, I, I don't know. I thought you'd like it. So here's, and she was like, oh my God, this is the coolest water bottle. I was like, okay, this isn't weird that I'm giving you a water bottle for driving me to my root canal. But, um, yeah. This is, listen, Corona times. Yeah. Crazy I get, Corona times. So I didn't bake for her, Angela, but I gave her a water bottle. 
It's we're all about bartering right now. Yeah. So that's my news. That was my day. That was my crazy day. day. Thanks for being here to record an episode <laughs> after having such a morning. I'm happy that my that my face that was numb is no longer numb. And I'm luckily laughing gas wears off very quickly because I was on another planet. All right. Amazing. Uh, we're going to take a very quick sponsor break and then we're going to jump into the mailbox. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Care Of. Care Of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best today and supports you long term. I'm a huge fan of Care Of. Not only do I love how easy it is, where I don't have to open a bunch of bottles and that, you know, I used to have like a bunch of different bottles for all my different vitamins. Some were 30 days, some were 90 days, 60 days. It was like, oh, it was like so hard to organize. Now I just, one day, every day, I just open my little packet, pop them in my mouth. It's great. I love how easy it is. Also, just right now, I don't really want to be going into stores. So I have always talked about how I like to subscriptionize my life and that has never been more true than now. Yeah, I agree. And also for me, and I'm sure for a lot of people, I don't always know like where to start. What kind of vitamins do I need? So I like they have the quiz. They tell you what you you need before you even know. So basically, um, Care Of can make taking your vitamins and supporting your health goals attainable. They have their easy online quiz that helps you find the vitamins and powders that will support your specific health goals, like improving your fitness routine or managing stress. Care Of's yummy protein powders are made with wholesome ingredients you can recognize, like organic cocoa and pink Himalayan sea salt. Um, and they... Their, their short online quizzes that we mentioned, they you answer some questions about your diet, your health goals, and lifestyle, and Care Of will then recommend a list of vitamins and supplements specifically for your health needs and goals. You answer easy questions like how much sleep do you get? Uh, how often do you work out? Do you follow any specialty Honestly, diets? Honestly, the quiz is all the questions that I wish the people that work at Dwayne Reed would ask me when I would ask for vitamin <laughs> help back in the day. I'd be like, what kind of vitamins should I take? I asked the pharmacist. They're like, I don't know. I'm like, I, I wish they had the care of quiz. And then they could have asked me these questions and like actually helped me. But look at that. But care you know, of. They doing a better God job. for care of. All right, guys, we're hooking it up as always. For 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com slash this is why five zero and enter code this is why 50. That's 50% off your first care of order. Go to takecareof.com slash forward slash. It's like a forward slash. This is why five zero and then enter code. This is why 50 five zero. All right, Angela, what's in the mailbox this week? Okay. First up, we have a question from an anonymous listener and they write, Something I'm struggling with is when to start going back to quote-unquote normal here in Wisconsin. My gym is opening, but I feel guilty going if I'm choosing to stay home from work, who is encouraging us to stay home as much as we can. Thoughts on how to figure out what's right doing during all this? Um, I would personally not feel comfortable. Also, we're recording this probably like a little, a, you know, a couple weeks before this episode is going to come out. I, I still cannot imagine in like mid-June feeling comfortable going to a gym of all places where people are like, you're breathing the same air, you're in an enclosed space, even though gyms are big, they're sweating, you're 
breathing on, on each other. You're t- there, I, I'm probably not going to be going to my gym for a very long time. What my gym has done is they've said if you keep your membership going, all of the money is going to our employees. I hope they're actually doing that and not putting it towards the rent. But I have kept my membership open to continue to like pay the employees like they said that they're doing because they did give us the option of canceling. I opted not to cancel. So I do want to support those employees. I do not plan to personally cancel my membership. That's something that I can afford to do. But I will not be going to the gym probably until there's a vaccine, to be totally frank with you. I I think gyms are going to start to be creative. Maybe they'll do some like outdoor workout classes. Uh, I did see like a couple people doing like an outdoor workout class the other day with like with one trainer and he had like three things that were kind of spaced apart. So I think we're going to see like more of that. I used to be a class person. I used to take like five or six yoga classes a, a week. I was like a classaholic and then, you know, sometimes I'd go for like a run at the gym, but I, it's, it's interesting because you can really change your, your habits and your behavior. And now we're like, you know, three months in and now I'm all about those video classes. And I honestly just, I now become like in love with these video classes. And now I support, I have a membership where, uh, with a yoga, local yoga studio, um, to support them and I do their, their online classes. So I know you're not asking about how you can support your local gym, but, uh, you know, see if they, if you can keep your membership open, if you can afford it, see about classes. But in terms of feeling guilty going, I, I, I don't know if it's like guilt. Just think about like your own health and the health of anybody you interact with that you could potentially be spreading it to. But I think gyms should not be opening this. Right. I, I just, I know they've, they're businesses, but gyms just feel not smart to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess there's like th- her question here, I think is more about like the ethics of like, if I'm not going to work, if it's like, is, is it okay? I think she's worried about like what her employers would think about her going to the gym, which like, yeah, it's hard to like focus on this question without first focusing on the safety of going to a gym in the first place, which it's like, we're not, we're not doctors, we're not scientists, but I can tell you from everything I've read, a gym is not the place you want to be right now. Hell no. Uh, you should definitely work out from home because you just you have people breathing, you have people sweating, you have people touching things. Just why would you do that? Not a great place. Um, but yeah, in terms of like start as things start to open up and like you're still working from home, it's like some things you can do from home, some things you can't. Uh, a lot of places are going to allow you to keep working from home for a very long time if you're able to. Uh, just as a precaution, but there you're going to be able to, I guess, depending on where you live, go to dinner at some point at a restaurant, like do things for fun, but that doesn't mean you should. Doesn't mean you should. And uh, yeah. I would just keep in mind that like certain things open at, how do I put this? Some, some states and politicians are following the recommendations of scientists some things are going to open up for political reasons and for money reasons. And it doesn't mean that they're the safest things are always going to open first. The fact that your gym is open already does not like bode well for my confidence of the politicians making decisions in your area. It doesn't give me a lot of confidence in their decision-making skills for your health and safety of, of its constituents. So I personally would not go to a gym. Um, if you if you want to, then like, you know, God bless. But 
I, it's unfortunate. Anybody who does things right now is basically a guinea pig. And it's unfortunate that the decision is even in your hands at all because we should be able to trust our government to like keep us safe and make these decisions for us. Like we're all just like reading as much as we can and trying to like become experts overnight and like doing the best that we can. Um, and I get how maybe it's confusing to know what to do. Like, gee, this thing is open. I want to go, but like I have to make the best decision for myself. Uh, yeah, when things are open. You shouldn't you... have to make that decision for no. yourself. But because you do, I don't know. I personally would err on the side of caution. I believe I, everything Angel said, like two thumbs up because <laughs> it really shouldn't be in your hands because it's, it is. It's mixed signals and it's very confusing. You kind of think like, oh, well, if gyms are open. It must be okay, right? But that's just not how the world works. All right. What else do we have in the mailbox? Yeah. Okay. Next up, we have a question from our listener, Delaney. Delaney writes, I want to ask for some advice about my living situation for my senior year of college. I currently have one roommate who became my best friend during our time living together last year. We quickly became friends with two other girls who live in a different apartment building. I also have become great friends with a lot of individuals, including staff members at my church on campus. The church has eight individuals who live at the church to work the desk, help with light cleaning, etc. each year for free in exchange for their work. It has been heavily suggested to me by staff members that I will be offered one of these positions my senior year, meaning my rent is completely free real, and real estate here is expensive. However, I know that I won't get to live with my current roommate and potentially these other friends, and I'd likely be giving up a significant portion of my social life that I transferred schools to have here. I'd really like to maintain my friendship with these girls, but I am nervous to try living with the ones who are not ready, who are not already my roommate. I am also nervous that if I am not living with my best friend, we will likely start to drift apart because this has been shown a little bit during quarantine. I guess my overall question is, do I risk the part – do I risk – Do I risk part of the social life? Yeah. Oh, right. Part of the social life, sorry. Uh, and the amazing friendships I've built to live in a place where I won't have to pay rent. Any advice you have would be great. Well, first of all, I want to say your rent's not completely free because you're – working for this rent. So it's going to be quite a lot of your time. It sounds like you're going to be either working the desk, helping with the cleaning. Like you said, uh, you're, you're working for your rent. It's not just free rent. So I think these are big considerations and it, you know, you could put in the effort to still maintain your social life and see your friends. It's not going to be probably the same as like living really close to them and living with them. And so you might want to consider maybe having a part-time job at a coffee shop whenever that opens up. Um, I, I do wonder when this, when was this question written before was, quarantine? No, it was recent. So it hmm. might all not even be a decision you have to make. Right. Yeah. I, see. I, 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 I wonder, yeah, if the, Church. I just wonder how these dynamics are changing, but I'll answer this just assuming that life is normal, I guess, just because you can take whatever advice that I give and apply it how you can given whatever the circumstances are. But you might want to consider if these friends and this social life that you really seem to love and that helps you thrive so much, is that important to you and you don't want to you know, risk any of that, that you might want to just consider getting a part-time job somewhere else if that's available given the circumstances, whether that's at like a coffee shop or a restaurant and whatever time you would be working at your church, you could just transfer to a real, a normal job to pay the rent. I don't know. That would be, that would be my, I, 
my I, one idea. I don't know if that's even possible given the situation, but yeah. Um, yeah. I think reading your email, it sounds pretty clear that you would prefer to stay with your friends. Um, so if that's financially possible, I think you should just, you know, something that looks really great on the surface. There's, yeah, like Laura said, there's always a cost. It's not completely free. So you should just pick whichever thing is more appealing to you. That said, just to play somewhat devil's advocate, when I was in college, uh, my friends and I actually had a rule, like my, my best friends, like my main crew, that we would not live together because we spent so much time hanging out together socially that we knew that living together would kind of ruin that dynamic. Because we wanted it to be special when we hung out and we did things together and being together all the time. It's kind of like live, moving in with a boyfriend. It like it changes the relationship and we wanted to keep it like fresh and exciting. Uh, but she's so, already tested that out. Yeah. I mean, she's – but it's, you know, the, maybe if you live apart and then when you hang out, it's like you're expanding your friend group. You're making friends at the church and then you have your friends in this other place and – you just have more spots to go to to hang out. That's one way to look at it. But all that said, it does sound like you would prefer to just stay with your friends. So just just do it. Uh, we hope that's helpful. If any of you listeners want your questions answered, email us at contact at thisiswhythepodcast.com. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhythepodcast.com. Next up, we're going to dive into this week's topic. But first, let's quickly thank our sponsor. <laughs> We'd like to thank our sponsor, Sheets and Giggles. Sheets and Giggles 100% eucalyptus sheets are softer, more breathable, and more sustain- sustainable than both cotton and bamboo. Those are all wonderful things. I was so excited, Angela, when I got my Sheets and Giggles in the mail. It was this huge box, and I was like, well, what did I order? Because I've been ordering a lot of stuff in quarantine. And I was like, I don't remember ordering anything this big. And then it was, I opened it. It was the best surprise ever. It was like the softest comforter. And these most amazing, like, silky sheets. I know. And they have a great name. I have to say I love saying sheets and giggles. You love a good pun. You I do love a good love pun. love a good pun. I'm, like, surprised you didn't come up with their name. That's half the battle of getting me to buy a product. But then the other half is, like, a good product. And it is a good product. Yeah. So compared with cotton, the production of their eucalyptus fabric uses up to 96% less water and 30% less energy. Guys, that's she- a big deal. That's it a is big a big deal. deal. If you care about sustainability and all that jazz, that is great. It's a great thing. Um, Sheets and Giggles uses zero pesticides or insecticides, so you're welcome, bees. Unlike most bedding brands, their packaging is 100% plastic-free. For every order, they plant a baby tree in the U.S. to help fight deforestation. They are just good eggs over there at Sheets and Giggles. Um, Their eternal return policy is if you try it for 100 days, try it for 100 million days, and you can still return it. Um, They also have a new product, which is the Sheets and Giggles Comforter. It's made from eucalyptus and recycled polyester from recycled water bottles. It's thermally bonded to hold up against normal living and has all the same benefits of all of their sheets. It's cuddly and cozy in the winter, cool and breezy in the summer, and soft and smooth all year round. Love it. Go to SheetsGiggles.com. Dot com so no and it's just sheets s h e e t s giggles dot com use promo code this is why for ten percent off the best night of your life oh that's sexy uh that's promo code this is why for ten percent off the best night of your life.
This week's topic is how to say, say no to commitments. That's right. Uh, so obviously it's easy to say no to things that you don't want to do that you know for sure that are terrible, but it's a little more complicated when you're saying no to people that you care about or when the thing that you're saying no to could have potential perks, but at a cost, kind of like the living situation we talked about above. Personally, I'm going through a period where I'm allowing myself to say no a little bit more in the name of self-care. I've been turning down Zoom hangs when I'm not in the right headspace. I actually uh, turned down um, a job that I had not gotten, came back to me and uh, asked me about interviewing again. And it felt that was a really hard one to say no to because I was like, I don't know, like jobs are hard to come by right now. And But it just didn't feel like the right move for me and I had to trust my instinct. Um, so I said no. And ultimately, it felt like the right decision. I felt good about it. Um, I turned down a backyard hang with friends because I just doesn't feel safe to me right now, even socially distanced. I'm not mentally there yet. And normally I would feel guilty about it, but I said no and I feel good. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, I have trouble saying no, not not to the social distancing stuff right now because screw anybody that's that is, <laughs> doesn't care about others. But I, I in general, I like to be a, a yes person. I believe people want to be around yes people. I you know, as an employee, I knew my bosses want to work with yes people, you know, not people that are always making excuses of why they can't get this report done or why they can't get things done in time. I want to say, yes, I can do it. No problem. I'll get it done. I want to say yes to things. Uh, and it's also hard to anticipate how I will feel when things happen. So, you know, if I don't want to, if I'm like, oh, I don't really want to go to the party Saturday night, sometimes I'll just suck it up and go and then feel really grateful that I did go afterwards, whether it's like a birthday party or a game night I was too tired for. So that's also kind of like, it can mess with your head where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then I do it and it's fun. So then I'm like, all right, I just need to say yes to stuff because I'm very rarely going to regret, you know you know, hanging out with friends. And then if I get there, I can always just leave. Um, but then, you know, I do, I like when things get canceled for me. I like to not be the no person. I like when somebody backs out of something and then I'm like, Oh, I have a free night. Thank God. So my strategy is I, I say yes to most stuff. And then if I'm really not feeling like it, I'll just like cancel last minute, but I usually feel too bad about canceling. So then I just don't overhaul. My advice would be to just you know, try to put a little bit less on your plate so that you can say yes to as many things as you want um, and, and you know, not stress yourself out about it. But uh, Huffington Post, if you do want to say no and you're like me and you have a hard time doing it, Huffington Post had a article about the art of no and they had some, some phrases that you could say. So it's what, what you decide to not do leaves more room for doing what you need to and want to do. So some examples were, no, I can't do that, but I can do, you know, next week or whatever it is. No, I'm not available to commit to something like that at this time, but I appreciate you asking me. No, thank you so much for asking, but I can't do that. Let me know if I can help in another way, if you mean it. Uh, having, having a kid really helped because I was like, you know what, I'm just not gonna do things that I don't want to do because anything that I do has, it's competing against hanging out with my, my son. And that's right. hard to compete with. So if I'm not, you know, seeing friends that I really love working on a project, I genuinely really care about, or just taking some self care time to myself, I'm not going to do it anymore. I just like don't want to. So I feel bad when people ask for favors or things, um, work wise that I just, don't want to commit to, but 
I'm just like, I'm saying no to, to things and it's become a lot easier because I'm like, I don't care. I'm not, <laughs> I'm like, I don't give a fuck, man. I have a baby and I want to hang out with him. So sorry. Yeah. I think having any kind of bigger thing in your life that gives you perspective helps with the no thing. Like Ian was actually saying today how like, because Ian's another person who has a really hard time saying no to things. He like says yes to everything and then he overbooks himself, you know, pre-corona times. And he was saying how like having this time now has been so calming because he doesn't have to stress about saying no to things because there's just like the eternal excuse. Um, So yeah, they're saying no or like, you know, having the power to just be is very powerful. When it comes to bigger decisions though, like like how I was saying, like I turned down a job offer or like deciding where to live, I do think it's important to ask yourself if your in- instinct to say no is coming from a place of fear of something new or if the no is actually coming from a confident place of knowing what's best for you and what you can handle and what will make you happy. Uh, so, you know, that takes time obviously, but be honest with yourself. Um, when I turned down the job interview, I had to ask myself if my no was coming out of fear. Um, and I actually used a little white lie to buy myself some time. <laughs> I told them that, uh, well, it, it was somewhat true. I said I had two other job offers on the table and I wanted to see how those worked out. So I bought myself a couple of weeks, which like I did have two other job interviews pending. I knew already the results of those jobs, but bought myself a week to just see how I felt about the new offer. And after a week, I was like, yeah, I definitely don't want it. So I was just like, no, thank Good you. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. I didn't even know about that. Choice. Yeah. Well, congrats on getting the job though. <laughs> and on getting the offer. Congrats on turning it down. All right. On that note, it's time for our weekly rundown. This is our weekly rundown where we tell you what's new in the world or what's new in our lives about pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. That's what we're talking about. First up, pop culture. Angela, what's going on in pop culture? In pop culture news, Harry Styles has a new music video out for his song, Watermelon Sugar. And I have to tell you, I have never had a bigger turnaround on a celebrity than I've had on Harry Styles. He's been around for a long time. Never gave a shit about him. Didn't dislike him. Just really was very neutral on him. And then he started this year, like he made music with Lizzo. Um, and now he has this new video out and BuzzFeed uh, is reporting that one of the models that was in this video called him a consent king. Uh, I love this. Her name is Efrata. She's a model who appeared in the music video she posted on Instagram saying that he was a consent king while shooting and explained that he would often ask whether it was okay to touch her hair before doing so. Um, She says, the people were telling him to touch my hair and play with it. And he was like, wait, 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 pause. Can I even touch your hair? Is that okay? Which is so sweet. And then she said that she was supposed to kiss him in the video and then she returned the favor and she asked if it was okay to kiss him and he said yes. Love this. Love it. I love that. Love a good mm-hmm. celeb story because sometimes they, they're hard to find. Yeah, sometimes they're not so consenty. Yep. Definitely not. Uh, in politics news, this is an article by the Huffington Post. Here's how most Americans really feel about wearing face masks by Arielle Edwards-Levy was uh, who wrote the piece. Uh, she wrote, quote, if there's a culture war over masks, someone forgot to tell most of the public. Per a series of polls from the Huffington Post slash your gov, nearly 70% of Americans say wearing a mask near others is respectful. Just 8% see it as a sign of weakness. Uh, I wish somebody would tell some of the the jerks around Williamsburg 
about this I know. I do have to say, though, reading this poll did make me feel a lot better because you see so much stupid stuff. Like, not just people not wearing it, but the people that are like, now there's stories about people ripping masks off other people and and saying like, oh, it's like not manly to wear it. Like, there's men being like, men that wear masks are like pussies, which is, I cannot even wrap my head around that logic. But I'm glad to know that this poll says that they are very much in the minority. Thank God. All right. What is going on in friendship news? In friendship news, um, Vice has this whole column where they're answering questions about uh, pandemic-related things. And somebody wrote in and asked, should I exclude my rule-breaking friends from distanced hangouts? And I liked this question a lot because it's like, yeah, things, you know, in New York, they're saying we can gather in groups of 10. I'm certainly not doing that. But I do want to see like a friend without having to police everything that they've done up until this point. So, um, yeah, society is reopening. Uh, they want to know, but I don't want friends who've been selfish to be part of my bubble. That's what they're calling it. So the answer was, while some of us have been thinking about our bubble as anyone we're seeing in person, Craig Janes, who is the director of the University of Waterloo's School of Public Health and Health Systems, said, we don't have to include friends we're seeing from a physical distance into that equation. So we can see those friends as long as we're maintaining two meters of distance, uh, I guess this is European, you know, six feet, uh, hanging out outside, washing our hands, and if necessary, wearing masks. Um, So that way you don't have to worry. Like if you have a friend who not just is not following the rules, but is maybe an essential worker and like is being exposed, according to this article, uh, you don't can hang out with them as long as you're six feet apart washing hands and ideally wearing masks. I think the thing I worry about is a friend says like, let's go on like, let's go on a walk. So like tomorrow, one of my mom friends said wants to go on a walk with me and I want to do it. It's like really hard to actually walk and talk and, and really, really genuinely honor that six feet, you know, even if we're going around a park outside. And I worry that they say six feet and then like, you know, it becomes three feet as you're walking. And like, it's just, it's just difficult. So I'm going to try to do this six feet tomorrow because it's really important to me um but i've just i see i see how it happens you know so i finally saw a friend for the first time this week since this all began and we met up in the park and i think something that was really helpful was we all uh we each brought our own blanket so that right there kind of creates like a barrier and he put his blanket like kind of away from ours and we had little islands and then i kept my mask on he took his off, but whatever. <laughs> it's a process. We were outside. I don't know what we're going to do in the fall when we're inside because we don't have rules yet for inside, but outside, six feet apart, seems like you're okay. Yeah. Um, this is an article in Dating News from Hello Giggles by Amanda Chattel. How to masturbate when you're never home alone, according to sex experts. So these are some tips if you've been concerned about it. Wait until everyone's asleep, obviously. A heavy <laughs> duvet can muffle even the loudest vibrators. Although, I don't know, that seems a little weird to me. Like, if you're trying to hide your vibrator next to somebody that's in the bed with you. I mean, honestly. I think this is more for roommates. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean. <laughs> that makes more sense. And then, uh, number three. Really I get where seems- your head's at, though, Laura. As yeah. somebody living with a partner. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where my head's at. But, uh, number three just seems like the most obvious one for me is, like, take it to the shower. That's just like that's, that should really this this doesn't need to be an article. It just needs to be like a yeah. how to masturbate. Like just do it in the shower. Lock the door. Lock I don't the even door. need to read any others, but I'll read 
the other three. It says, lie on your stomach with your hand or a small toy underneath you. This creates a double sounded soundproof layer. I mean, I don't know. How thin are your walls if you have roommates? I know. And how loud is your vibrator? Like you're using a a jackhammer? Get a new vibrator, man. Uh, Pick a quiet vibrator. (laughs) There you go, Angela. That's number number five. (laughs) If you do have a jackhammer vibrator, like you girl, you need girl or boy, you need a new one. Um, And then the last one is like, talk to your roommates. I would just say you don't need to do that one. That's yeah. Bad. I would say that's bad advice, actually. Um, but just just do it in the shower; it's fine. All right. right. What else is in? Last up, we got work news and then parenting. What's going on in work news? So in work news, I have a personal story, which is something that I never knew. All these years of working in an office, now I'm working from home. Apparently, I hum while I work, um, and I thought. So when I got called out on it, I was like, really? I do? I didn't know that. Um, I guess I'm humming along to like the music I'm listening to. And Ian was like, no, you're just kind of like chanting like a monk. And I was like, hmm, maybe it's a self-soothing thing. I don't know. I'll stop doing it. But I didn't stop. I had just been subconsciously doing it. And then he was on a work call. And apparently somebody on the call was like, who is singing a lullaby in the background? Oh, my God. And it was me. It was me. I can't believe none of your coworkers had let you know about, hadn't let you know about this. I mean, maybe I just like let my freak flag fly at home. I don't know, but yeah. I would be interested to know. Um, all right. You want to know? Last up, we got what's going on in parenting news. This is from E! News. Kristen Bell defends daughter Delta from humiliating diaper comments. So uh, the star responded. I guess she received a lot of backlash on Twitter after she revealed while she was on her husband, Dak Shepard's podcast, that her that their five-year-old daughter, Delta, wears diapers at night. Um, after the episode aired, one Twitter user found the topic to be, quote, humiliating for the couple's youngest child and criticized her decision to publicize it. Kristen Bell had, she had a great comment back. She said, I don't think it's humiliating if your uh, kid wears diapers late. Everyone is different. My five-year-old wouldn't be embarrassed even if she was in diapers during the day. She's confident and goofy and doesn't see anything about her beautiful, unique self, something to apologize for. XO. I don't know how I feel about this. I actually feel really conflicted because as somebody that shares a lot of, you know, TMI about myself and sometimes people close to me, I I wonder if it is unfair, especially to children, to to publicly say something that they might, you know, she's saying, you know, my five-year-old wouldn't be embarrassed. You you don't know. I mean, they're five years old. You don't know that. How are right. they how are they gonna feel up when they're teenagers knowing that like their famous mom talked about you know, them like still wetting the bed when they were five. I mean, five does not, is not very old to me, but I am new to the potty training game. I don't, you know, I know it starts to happen between two and three years old and then it can go a little later. Five does not sound that old to me. So I think, you know, anybody getting mad about the fact that the kid wears diapers, I, this is how I feel. People should not be pissed or should not be saying rude dumbass comments on Twitter about the fact that a five-year-old wears diapers at night. That's fine. Everybody does things on a different timeline. What I feel more conflicted about, Angela, is whether is whether she should talk about it on a podcast. And I don't know what the answer is because I'm sure there's plenty of things that I've talked about on the podcast that people might, you know, even Ryla might find, find bothersome when he's older. You know, uh, I talked about the way he was like the position I was in when when he was conceived. That's probably like going a little too far and like is not cool. Um, but so I'm definitely probably guilty of it. But so reading this story definitely did make me think twice about what I say about my child and things that they might get bothered by when they're older. I don't know. What do you think? 
I, I do think in like 20 years, there is going to be tons of think pieces from the kids that were probably like overposted on social media and discussed on podcasts and stuff. Like all, like this whole thing is kind of new to society. So oh, for sure. We will see the effects for better or worse in the years to come and like, it will be very interesting. I'm so grateful that my childhood pictures, whenever I do post them on social media, it's the first time they're on social media and it's my choice and I can kind of look through them and curate them because there's definitely ones that I like better than others and I'm glad, you know, are not like public in the world. So I don't know. I, I don't know what the right answer is. There might be, I, I made myself private on Instagram, you know, eventually. There's definitely a lot of strangers that still follow me, but I I just realized that my Instagram had changed and I never thought it was going to become like all about my child, but it definitely has become like all about my child and then like some occasional work stuff. And I just started feeling like I don't need this to be public because I'm not trying to become a famous mommy blogger with pictures of my kid. That's not what I want. I post these for my close friends and family and like, you know, that's just what it's evolved into. But I don't know. There might be some age where I stop posting pictures of him, but it would be such a bummer because that, that is like how I like sharing stuff with people close to me. So I don't know. This is, a like you said, an evolving topic that yeah. I, don't, I don't know the right answer to. But uh, You, you want to be a consent king with your kid. Right. Like I, Harry Styles. I don't think there's anything wrong that the kid wears diapers. I think anyone that's like hating on the kid is an idiot. And But I but I feel more conflicted of sharing the information publicly. Um, yeah. But 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 I do also think it's good to talk about these things so that people that have a kid that's wearing diapers maybe a little later than is normal feel less alone or it's less stigmatized. So that's the benefit of it. But whether it's good for your the particular child that is being held up as an example, I'm not so sure about. Yeah. Agreed. Um. So anyways, that's it for this week's This Is Why podcast. Continue to let us know what you think and please send us your questions about all of these topics we just talked about in our new segment. They can end up inspiring a topic for the show. And if you want to support Angela and I, please support our books. That's the the biggest way you can support our podcast is by supporting our books and supporting the sponsors that support our podcast. Our books are This Is Why You're Single and I have a new book that I wrote with um, another girl named Ellen Hahn called Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and Other Feminist Fairy Tales. Both of our books, This Is Why You're Single and Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling, are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And Angela and I uh, encourage you to support your local indie bookstores when possible. Yes. Um, and another great way to support the show and to hook yourself up is to use our discounts from all of our sponsors. For a full list of our sponsors and the codes, check out our podcast page on thisiswhythepodcast.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at thisiswhypodcast. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. And thank you for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why, this is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why. The podcast. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>